When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Carbon credits are an evolving market as more players get involved and as demand continues to rise. So how do you make sure that you're making the right decision when or if you decide to enter the carbon market on your farm? I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and here to offer some perspective is Travis Kraft. Travis is the Director of Sales for Indigo Egg in the carbon credit space. This is an area they got involved in a few years ago. We talk about the current landscape of carbon, from how the market has already changed in a few years to how policy is developing around carbon credits. First, he tells me how Indigo Egg got its start in the market. 2020, 2021, we really started to look hard on how our uh, our products were performing in the industry, but also how growers were transitioning. At, at, at the ping word at that time was regenerative ag, right? How do we get involved with that? What, what changes can we help make through cover cropping, through uh, grazing livestock, through tillage, different things like that? But as we got into remote sensing data and really getting deep into soil science, that's when it really got special from a standpoint of we can help make real tangible change and show the data behind it and assist that grower or whoever we're working with with the correct information to help maximize their efficiencies and get past where they may be stuck at. So tell me exactly what is Indigo Eggs carbon product? What are you what are you selling? So we work directly with farmers as well as retailers or trusted advisors within the industry. Everything from an agronomist all the way to a large-scale retailer. We have a program where a grower uh, enrolls with us, and then we do all the data measurements. We we then go and sell the credits on their behalf. They get 75% of that credit up front, and then it stacks year over year over year for as long as they're in the program. So every time they make a practice change, every time that they do something more, um, I guess, sustainable on their farm, it continues to bump that payment up year over year over year. So it's, we're not. there's no tangible thing that you can hold for carbon. I think that's what's the biggest misnomer in the industry is that we're all thinking of that this, this stuff is in the ground, right? And who's monetizing it? Who's paying for it? Is the government involved? Is it not involved? There's so many swirling questions, and it's really pretty simple. Conduct photosynthesis, create carbon sequestration, get paid on the things that you're doing and that you want to do in the future as well. You know, this leads to the question that I think every farmer wants to know, how much is their carbon worth? When you start thinking about carbon, there is multiple metrics to actually talk about whether you are at risk of a reversal, meaning that you could let carbon back into the atmosphere, or you have a permanence factor, meaning it's going to go deep into the soil. The more your permanence factor goes up, the higher that carbon credit is worth. So whether you're sitting at $37, $47, $57 a credit, The longer that thing stays in the soil or the more practices that you can prove that you've done over time, the higher that credit value would be worth today and in the future as well. If you're just currently just turning and turning and turning, the value of those credits is going to be very little. You can look at any other industry. There are over 175 different carbon credit financial models in the world. Ag fits a very small space, only 8% of the entire market, but they're worth the most because they have the largest amount of opportunity to sequester that much more carbon. So Travis, Indigo Egg has been in this space, been been in this carbon market realm now for two years. How has it changed? Has interest grown? Are there more resources for farmers to start getting involved in the carbon market? Does Indigo Egg have more competitors? Like, tell me what you've seen over the past couple of years. I'll start with the competitive landscape. Of course, there's more competitors, right? Whether you are for a large ag entity that's just that has a sustainability side to their business and that's that's fine and all and well and good 
but there's very few carbon programs that are actually fully transparent and scientifically driven. We actually have one of the only ones in the world that can show all the data from start to finish and actually produce real tangible credits that are worth what's actually on the market today. At one point, we're around 7 million acres that have been enrolled so far, and we've paid a little over $5 million. We have our next payment going out in the first part of 2024. So we are sitting at almost the gold standard of what a carbon program should be doing and all the data that should be collected in the middle. So that gives farmers a, a vote of confidence confidence that, hey, we're doing the right thing on their behalf and that if something come down the, comes down the pipe in the future that is, say, not accurate, our farmers are taken care of because the data we're collecting, the measurements that we're doing, the scientific rigor that we go through on a day-to-day basis is a really, really good way to mitigate any issues in the future because everybody's going to get involved somehow. It's just how well are you doing it right now and what are you doing into the future as well. Would Indigo Egg be considered a third party? To an extent, right? But we're also working directly with the buyers. So whether it's J.P. Morgan Chase, the North Face, Maple Leaf Foods, we're working directly with those individuals on the grower's behalf as well. I mean, we're not selling a product into the industry that you have to put this out there or you're not going to sequester carbon. We just provide the data. We provide what's actually happening, tangible on the farm, give the grower the best advice we absolutely can. Ultimately, it's up to them. Right? We're not, ha- we're not hand- holding hands. We're not forcing anything on anybody. It's, it's all about their end goals and what we're trying to accomplish. Speaking of people getting involved in carbon credits, what are your thoughts on, for example, USDA's Climate Smart program, where they had sent funding toward you know, different business entities, organizations, universities, etc., and some of these were to create their own carbon incident program. Does that put Indigo Egg at risk? Honestly, no. And, and I say that because of the rigor that we have went through over the past three or four years, right? This didn't just start two years ago. It's been building. And, yes, there's a lot of money out there to fund those specific programs, but we've been doing a lot of this for a long time. And, I, it, again, that's a grower vote of confidence that we have their, their best interest at heart. And there's always going to be more programs coming, but what are those programs actually trying to do? Is it an inset program or is it an offset program? Is it a carbon intensity score program? what is it, right? There's always different things to be considering. We want to stay very consistent in what we're doing, but also offer new things in the future as the market develops at the same time. So competition is always a great thing. Putting dollars in farmers' pockets is always even a better thing. It allows for more decisions, whether it's not being able to afford a cover crop. Well, guess what? If there's money available to afford a cover crop, let's do that. So it's just being open to, to how the money flows and how we can be a part of that grower's changing process. Are farmers still skeptical about it, or are you seeing interest take up? Uh, there is skepticism because, like I mentioned earlier, they don't know who was all involved, right? But interest is, is definitely picking up because they know. If you look at any other, other country across the world, whether it be from a banning a specific substance that they can't use on their farm or you know, looking at the carbon credit market, say, in Europe or Australia, you know, Australia is already at 90 to $100 a credit. Europe, north of 200 so, you know, they see those things happening. So now how do they figure out how to get involved now, collect good data, manufacture that data from a standpoint of accuracy, and then be able to present it when the time comes? They're going to be light years ahead of folks that are not doing that. So that's a big part of, a, of it is data collection and accuracy of data. Do you have any quick tips for growers that are interested in getting involved in a carbon credit program? When it comes to protecting themselves or maybe some caution to take, what are some of those things that they should be thinking about before they sign a contract? If you can't see where the money's coming from, don't get involved. That's a very simple statement. I know that sounds almost way too simple, but if you can't see where the tangible money flows and how it gets from point A to point B, 
it's probably not going to be in your best interest. I mean, we can throw X amount of dollars per acre for a specific practice change. It's something all day long. But is that actually going to equal that sale of a carbon credit? Most likely not. If you have to, as long as you're getting the right information and you're educating yourself on what this is going to do to my crop or my, my field every single year and what it equals on the back end from the buyer side, vote of confidence is, is where I would sit. And the last thing would be is, Depending on how much data is required, you know if that's real or not. More data is always good. But if you're just requiring one, one, one specific piece of data, there's probably a good chance that it's going to come back to bite you. So the Wisconsin State uh, Legislature, the Assembly Agriculture Committee, they're looking at developing a carbon calculator as a tool for farmers, almost like a Kelly Blue Book for their carbon. As states start doing this, what does that mean for businesses like you who are already in this game and already have definitions laid out? So my response to that would be, do you see a carbon ticker on the CBOT right now? No. And that's two reasons. One, you have to have supply and you have to have demand. Currently, we don't have enough supply, but we have a lot of demand. So every, you can put a carbon calculator out there. You can put all the information, which is good for education. But until there is that regulatory or regulating body, it's going to be hard for all those calculators to give you the Kelly Blue Book value of your actual carbon credit. It's not what people want to hear, but it is what it is. And it it's all comes back to simplicity. Is there enough supply to match the demand? And is there a ticker? There's not. So you just have to be very, be very careful on how you move forward. And I love that states want to help. I think it's great. But we also have to be put it all in perspective, too. Travis Kraft along with us. He's the director of sales for Indigo Egg in the carbon credit arena. He reminds you to ask yourself some important questions before getting involved in carbon markets, such as knowing where the money flows. And he says right now growers are in a good position where the demand for carbon credits is high, but the supply is low as farmers contemplate whether it's a good idea to jump in or not. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.